This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about settlement solutions, litigation, mediation, and structured financial security from Ringler, the largest and most experienced company of settlement consultants in the United States. Ringler has been helping injured people and their families since 1975. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by American General, Liberty Mutual, MetLife, Mutual of Omaha, New York Life, Pacific Life, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Well, hello and welcome to Ringler Radio, everyone. I'm Larry Cohen, the head of Ringler Northeast Operations, and we're certainly glad you could join us again today. Well, you've likely heard about the recent verdicts and settlements involving the weed killer Roundup. Today we're going to focus on a verdict awarded to a California couple. The jury in Pilioid versus Monsanto determined that Roundup exposure caused Alva and Alberta Pilioid's non-Hodgkin lymphoma and that Monsanto, now part of Bayer, failed to warn the couple about the cancer risk. The jury awarded $55 million in compensatory damages and a record $2 billion in punitives. Well, joining me once again as my co-host is my friend and Ringler colleague, Manny Valdez Jr. from our Los Angeles office. He's been with Ringler since 2002. Welcome back to Ringler Radio, Manny. It's always great to have you as co-host. Thank you, Larry. It's great to be here. Terrific. Well, our guest today is attorney Pedram Esfandieri from the Los Angeles office of Baum, Hedlund, Aristi, and Goldman, where he concentrates his practice on toxic tort injuries, pharmaceutical drug liability, class actions, and consumer fraud litigation. Pedram was an integral part of the trial team on the Pilioid case. So with that, welcome to Ringler Radio, Pedram. Great to have you here. Hi, Larry. Happy to be here. Terrific. Okay, Pedram, Alva and Alberta Pilioid sprayed Roundup weed killer on their properties for 30 years. Can you tell us about the Pilioid's use of Roundup and what actually led to this litigation? Give us some backdrop. So Al and Alberta, um, uh, as, you, as you mentioned, a husband and wife living in the Bay Area uh, here in California, n- near the San Francisco Bay, a small town uh, just on the outskirts of the Bay there. And they started using Roundup back in 1982, approximately 1982. And they uh, sprayed it regularly uh, throughout the years uh, up until uh, 2000. Uh, 17, and uh, they uh, contracted non-Hodgkin's lymphoma as a result. Uh, they were not uh, landscapers by any means. They were just taking care of some properties that they owned around the uh, San Francisco Bay Area, but they were very regular users of the product, and they were continuously exposed for over 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what we know about Roundup is that it causes cancer, and the risk is particularly heightened for regular, you know, chronic users of the product, and they fit into that category, and unfortunately, uh, they both uh, developed non-Hodgkin's mm-hmm. lymphoma. Pedram, it seems with Alva being diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma in 2011, and Alberta being diagnosed with non-Hodgkin lymphoma brain cancer in 2015, this is just the ultimate tragic case for one couple. Can you talk about the impact that Roundup has had on the couple's health, livelihood, family and the difficulties that may be associated with trying to support each other as they battle this together. Sure. I mean, you know, it's been devastating for the both of them, both you know, physically and emotionally and financially. Um, 
Alva, uh, Alva, for example, has, you know, he had tumors all over his spine, uh, growing on his bones. Uh, he was in extreme physical pain, had to in, uh, undergo, you know, severe chemotherapy. Alberta, um, she had a tumor that was pressing against her brain, uh, with immense pressure, causing it to suffer permanent brain damage as a result of that. And she has to be on lifelong medication, a very expensive uh, specialty med- med- medication, uh, to keep her cancer dormant. Otherwise, at her age, there is a, a significant risk that it will, it will return. Um, so it's been tremendously stressful and, and traumatic for, for both of them. It's something that they never should have gone through uh, if only there'd been an adequate warning uh, on the label. Even if there'd been you know, more kind of uh, explicit recommendations for protective gear, but as they testified to an open court in front of the jury, when they saw the adverts promoting this product over the years, uh, it was portrayed as completely safe for humans. Uh, so far as you know, portraying a, a, a guy on the commercial with you know spraying it with a t-shirt and shorts. Um, so that's the impression of safety that they got from the product, and they use it you know, in accordance with the label. Uh, and the way in which Monsanto advertised it, and the price they paid was that the most precious thing that we all have is our health. Um, and what was particularly striking about uh, the trial was that both of them, you know, testified that, you know, in front of the jury and to us personally also said, you know, it's never been about uh, recovering money or anything like that. Uh, they've done fairly well for themselves over the years. Um, you know, they've been uh, successful in their own lives. It was the, the health, the main thing. Sure. Um, that, you know, that sure. Kept so, them going. Yeah. So let's talk about the trial. Obviously, uh, I can assume that the defendants brought in experts to argue their position. What kind of experts did you bring in to make your case for the pileoids? Yeah. So we had experts in what we like to call the three, you know, pillars or main areas of, of science. Um, looking at the association between Roundup exposure and non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. We had experts in epidemiology, which is a study of diseases in live human populations. We had an expert in, in toxicology, which studies the effects of a chemical on rodent, uh, on rodents in the laboratory settings to then predict uh, the outcome, the exposure outcome for humans. And we also had experts in genotoxicity, which is the study of the effects of a chemical on the cellular level and studying whether that cellular change or gene- genetic damage will lead to, to cancer. Um, and our experts testified across all of these areas, um, you know, over a couple of weeks. And Monsanto, surprisingly, um, only brought in epidemiologists uh, and uh, an oncologist or two to testify about Alan Alberta's exposure and, and cancer. Now, and we've said this throughout the trials, and I think the reason Monsanto has, you know, isolated or, you know, siloed off its experts and only chosen to bring experts in select areas of science as opposed to the totality of the data is that when you show any reasonable scientist the totality of this data, it's very difficult to then not conclude that this causes cancer. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, our experts looked at all three main uh, areas of science, and they all unequivocally testified that this exposure to Roundup uh, most likely does lead to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, and that it led to non-Hodgkin's lymphoma in the case of Alan Alberta pilioid. Uh, across the 
the trials that we've had, none of Monsanto's experts have ever testified before a jury that they have studied all three areas of science. Monsanto has chosen to only show its experts select areas of the science which it believes supports its mm-hmm. arguments. And when you do that, you get a kind of a warped um, warped image of what's really out there. Uh, but when you look at the data in totality, it's as clear as day as three unanimous juries have concluded Roundup causes cancer. So, Pedro, as you're as you're listening there to this historic verdict in court, and you're hearing $55 million in compensatory damage, $2 billion in punitive damages, what are you thinking at that point? And, you know, fast forward, what are your thoughts today? Well, I'm just trying to recollect, you know, what I was thinking at that point. I think, you know, the, the main thought going through my head was, you know, wow, the, uh, with respect to the punitive damages, at least, you know, they're really um, making a statement uh, based off the evidence that we showed them, which, you know, is well-founded that this company has acted with, uh, you know, egregiously over the years, and it has completely failed in its responsibilities to the public. It failed in its responsibilities to people like Alan Alberta, and the jury, as intelligent human beings, uh, also, you know, looked at the evidence that we have uh, uh, discovered through the um, um, the discovery process, and they also concluded that, yes, it is indeed, you know, egregious that a company could have gone all of these years um, actively burying the science, sticking its head in the sand, uh, all for the pursuit of profit. So really, you know, the jury's message was loud and clear. And again, we've reiterated that since the first trial that Monsanto needs to change its conduct. It needs to adequately warn consumers or it's going to face litigation going forward. Well, it's amazing, Pedram. These these trials don't seem to be ending. And uh, it's going to be interesting to see how Monsanto and Bayer deals with uh, these this continuing drip of uh, of cases that keep arising. So we'll we'll see. It'll be interesting to watch, especially the impact of the verdict in your case. What it's going to have on on the future. So let's take a quick break right now. We'll be back right in a minute, right here on Ringler Radio, with more from Pedram and Manny Valdez. We'll be right back. This is Ringler Radio. Brought to you from Ringler, the nation's leading provider of fair settlement solutions. Did you know that Ringler is involved in a third of all structured settlement cases in the country? Ringler advisors work with all the parties in a lawsuit settlement to find the best possible financial solution for the people involved. Everybody wins. There's a Ringler consultant in all the major cities of the U.S. No one has more experienced experts in the settlement business than Ringler. Check out our website at www.ringlerassociates.com for the best information for injured parties, attorneys, and claims professionals to find the Ringler advisor nearest you. When it's your interest at stake in a lawsuit settlement, you want only the best, most objective financial plan. You can count on Ringler advisors to create a customized plan that meets the financial needs of you and your family for the future. Visit ringlerassociates.com to learn more. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. Glad you could join us. I'm your host, Larry Cohen, joined by my co-host, Manny Valdez, and our special guest, Los Angeles attorney, Pedro Esfandieri. Piliad versus Monsanto 
is the third roundup cancer case to go before a jury. And uh, you were an official trial counsel on the Dwayne Johnson trial and the Pilioid trial, right? And and you ha- you helped handle some witnesses on a different trial. Uh, and your firm was up against this agrochemical giant. What was your legal strategy in this specific case as opposed to the other two? Well, uh, in this uh, specific case, um, we had uh, the unique um, perspective of trying, you know, two plaintiffs, two plaintiffs together, and uh, showing to the jury, for example, that when, and there's scientific data to support this, obviously, that when a um, couple is diagnosed with the same kind of disease and also the same subtype of NHL, what's known as diffuse large B cell lymphoma, which is what they both had. It is most likely due to an environmental exposure. The, uh, the area of science is called con- concordance, concordance studies. And our experts testified about this. Um, and the only major chemical exposure that Alan Alberta had throughout their lives was a significant exposure to Roundup. So that was a pretty unique perspective um, to be able to present uh, to the jury. Uh, and also, we had got in a lot more evidence than in previous trials um, we were able to show the jury that Monsanto had, in fact, you know, been implicated in the corruption of science from the very beginning of Roundup's history. For example, we were able to show evidence that the original mouse studies uh, upon which the EPA actually approved glyphosate for use in the U.S. were based on fraudulent data. Uh, the, the studies themselves were corrupted. Uh, they were conducted by a lab which is now defunct. It was known as Industrial Biotech Labs. And they submitted fraudulent data in support of the registration of glyphosate. And although Monsanto wasn't directly responsible for the generation of the fraudulent data, uh, they went seven years before replacing those fraudulent study, which means that glyphosate was on the U.S. market for the first seven or eight years without a single valid mouse or human study to support its safety mm-hmm. uh, for consumers. Monsanto never took steps to remedy that during that eight-year period, and it wasn't until after Alan Alberta started spraying Roundup that Monsanto submitted the, the first rat study uh, in support of its registration of glyphosate. So during the time that Alan Alberta was spraying this product, unbeknownst to them, the product had no valid mouse data to support its safety. Mm. Interesting. Very interesting. So I know one of the topics has been about being an informed consumer. And uh, in that regard, if I were to say, Pedro, if I need to go visit my local hardware store and I see that Roundup is sitting on the shelves, is there going to be some warning label now that is going to explain the risks that are associated with it? Or will I even find Roundup sitting on those shelves if I was in need of that kind of product? Oh, you'll definitely find Roundup sitting on those shelves. It's one of the most um, ubiquitous pesticides uh, used across the world. It's one of the most heavily promoted pesticides. It's essentially Monsanto's, you know, for lack of a better word, bread and butter when it comes to the pesticide market. So absolutely, you'll find it lining the shelves in places like Home Depot, Ace Hardware, True Value, etc. Nowhere will you find a single warning about its adverse uh, effects. Nowhere will you find a single warning to do with cancer, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, anything like that. In fact, as I, as I mentioned before, you, you'll look at a label and it'll say 
that you know, it, it, there will be no mention of protective gear of the need to wear, um, you know, long sleeves or uh, goggles or anything like that. Um, and in fact, the television commercials that you'll see will portray a guy spraying it in shorts and a, and a T-shirt with his family around and a dog hopping up and down and the barbecue grill going. So this is the kind of image that Monsanto has liked to create for the consumer market uh, around Roundup, which is very much removed from the reality of the mm-hmm. dangers. In fact, at trial, we presented evidence that internally, inside Monsanto, Monsanto was providing its own employees with extensive, extensive protective gear recommendations when it came to handling Roundup. They they warned its own employees to wear goggles, chemical-resistant gloves, long sleeves, pants to avoid spills, to immediately... Uh, wash any any spillage. Uh, none of this is recommended on the Roundup label. None of this is told to consumers. Yeah. So that's a stark contrast. Yeah. So yes. so Pedro, given given everything you're you're saying, given the results of these trials, uh, and the, and the testimony of the experts, where has the government been? What, what kind of government agencies have been looking into this issue? For example, of warning labels, uh, etc. Is the EPA involved in any of this? Are there any other government agencies, uh, hearings being held to, to talk about this? What, what's the status of that? That's an excellent question. I think that the jury were asking themselves that at the start of the, the, the case, and it soon became evident where the government was. Now, the EPA is the main agency which is responsible for the registration and approval of a herbicide like Roundup. The thing to bear in mind is that the EPA only registers and approves active chemical glyphosate, not the formulated product that consumers like Alan Alberto Pilioid use. They do not evaluate the carcinogenicity of Roundup formulation, which contains more than glyphosate. It contains surfactants and inert ingredients, all of which we were able to prove at trial contribute to the carcinogenicity of the formulated product. The EPA, for some reason, only looks at the active chemical glyphosate. Mm. Uh, that is a huge gap in uh, in potential uh, safety concerns and data, which uh, leave you know consumers in a very vulnerable position because they're the ones spraying Roundup, not just the pure glyphosate. Secondly, we were able to sh- uh, present evidence at trial which shows that the EPA is essentially a captured agency, and what that means is that Monsanto has successfully been able to lobby, influence, and corrupt the EPA from within to again. You know, lack of a better word, do its bidding. We have emails between Monsanto personnel and EPA officials, you know, indicating a very cozy relationship between Monsanto and the EPA. And this isn't something new or unprecedented in, in American political and you know business history. Uh, corporations in this country, you know, run amok across the government, and obviously the free market is given free reign to do as it pleases. So this is not something that's you know surprising although it is at the same time very disturbing. And I think that the jury were disturbed by it um, as evidenced by the punitive damages award. Sure, sure. And of course, you're bringing up a, a, a much larger issue of, of the influence of money in politics, et cetera, and, and trying to get uh, get consumers protected in the face of some of those conflicting interests. Uh, let's close, uh, Pedro, with, with a question about this this verdict and the influence you you think it's going to have on future cases against Monsanto and Bayer, do you envision 
settlements taking place rather than these trials? What, what, what's, what do you think the future holds? Well, uh, it's really difficult to envision what the future holds, uh, Larry. Um, we're currently in court-ordered a mediation with Monsanto. Uh, I do not know the details of that. Uh, I'm nowhere near those negotiations. I'm in the trenches uh, trying to take these cases to trial. Uh, so it's very difficult to envision what will happen. I can only hope that Monsanto now the multinational corporation Bayer does the right thing and starts warning consumers about the known risks of this product. Again, that's just a uh, hope of, of, you know, one guy, you know, I know it's shared by many, um, but it's really difficult to envision what's going to happen. I know that on our end, we intend to continue litigating these cases uh, vigorously. We intend to represent the interests of our clients that have been hurt uh, by Monsanto's repeated um, conduct over the years. And uh, we look forward to more trials. Uh, it's up to Monsanto and now Bayer how they resolve this litigation. Sure. And when you speak of mediation, are you speaking of uh, in the in the interest of an appeal on this case that you're trying to mediate a result, or is it on, on a broader scale? It's on a broader scale. The court in the MDL, the, the federal litigation in San Francisco, has ordered the parties to uh, meet with a mediator and try to work out some kind of a global resolution. Uh, however, we're at the very early stages right now. The talks are very preliminary. No one's committed to anything, really, except, you know, to mediate. And on our end, as I said, we are pressing forward with uh, with trials. Well, it's uh, c- quite an interesting area you're, de- you're dealing with and obviously advocating on behalf of some people who have suffered some very, uh, very serious uh, maladies here based upon, uh, you know, the, the use of the, the product. And I uh, commend you for, you know, the advocacy you, you, you always present to your clients. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's important. It's important because the individuals out there without the advocacy of folks like you uh, may get lost. So with that, let me say, if anyone wanted to get in touch with you, Pedro, how would they do that? Well, uh, you can reach me. You know, you can find my email uh, on the website and the phone number is also on there. Um, you know, you can just simply reach out uh, either to myself directly or to my, one of my colleagues at the firm. Um, so that's that's really the best way to reach us. Um, as yeah, through our website, I'm, I'm happy to talk. I'm what would the website it. give me? The website address. Sure, it's um, Baum Headland. It's just the name of our firm. Uh, one word. Uh, dot com, I believe. Terrific, terrific. And Manny, if someone wanted to get a hold of you, how would they do that? Larry, they can certainly go onto the website as well. Um, direct number 877-231-3334. Terrific. And Manny, of course, is referring to ringlerassociates.com. It's a great website. It's got a lot of information about structured settlements and uh, a lot of other issues as well. I think you'll find fascinating if you're in in this arena. Also, you can hear and see all of the Ringler radio shows that have uh, gone on over the years. And you can also hear those shows on ringlerradio.com, legaltalknetwork.com, or you can go to iTunes where you can download uh, every show just like this one and uh, listen at your leisure. So with that, I want to thank you again, Pedro, for being a great guest. Thank you, Larry. Thanks for having me. Terrific. And uh, Manny, again, great, great co-hosting by you. Thanks. Of course. Thanks, Larry. (laughs) Thanks, Pedro. Terrific. And for all the rest of you out there, Go have a great day. Bye-bye. The views expressed by the participants of this program are their own and do not represent the views of, nor are they endorsed by, Legal Talk Network. 
its officers, directors, employees, agents, representatives, shareholders, and subsidiaries. None of the content should be considered legal advice. As always, consult a lawyer. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio, celebrating more than a decade of podcasting and over 2 million listeners. Think of Ringler, the objective settlement advisors with more than 140 consultants in 60 cities nationwide. Visit ringlerassociates.com today.